My name is DJ Princess Arendelle. My name is MC Grandpappy, the Troll King. <laughs> and I'm sure any listeners with small children will know immediately <laughs> what we're going to be talking about in this week's show entitled Frozen Solid. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better in the middle of summer, sweltering summer, to do a show about all things Frozen, but specifically about all things Frozen as seen from the world of Walt Disney. Through Disney spectacles. Yes. So uh, we shall be uh, hopefully improving on the original versions of a couple of songs from that film and also playing you a few other icy cold selections. Throwing in a few things that, that maybe should have been in the film. Exactly, yes. Hey, Disney, we're helping you here. <laughs> in between all that, we do have uh, MC Grandpabby, the Troll King, and his unnecessary news. Lord Kamoy told me of many strange things that have happened here. People have heard the sound of voices coming from empty rooms, a man's footsteps walked across a floor and down the stairs into a room where the cupboard is mysteriously opened. You can feel someone touching your face as you lie in bed at night. It's me! I'm touching your face! <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> this week's show is definitely suitable for small children. We should have said that. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to start by, I think without doubt, improving on the original here. This is probably the most famous song from the uh, Frozen soundtrack. We've got a couple of versions of it in this week's show. We're going to play, of course, a version of Let It Go, which if you go to YouTube, as I have... Oh, there are one or two, uh, there's one one or, or two covers, aren't there? one or two covers of, yes. of it, aren't there? Yes. Every, every girl of a certain age <laughs> with a microphone yes. and a video camera is recording mm. herself battling through this. But that isn't what we're doing oh, here. Oh, no. Be reassured there won't be any uh, terrifying small children singing this week's show. We have a chip-tuned version. Version. Oh yes, hallelujah! The sterile world of the computer. And even amongst chip tune versions, it was a bit of a struggle to find a good cover because a lot of them just do a fairly faithful arrangement of it based on the original song. But this one takes things up to a nice, uh, slightly cheerier, more up tempo level, I think. So this is an artist called Forty Five Caliber Recordings. We'll tell you a bit more about him after we've heard his version of Let It Go. Thank you. 
45 caliber recordings there, also known as Adam Bento from William Mantic in the United States with <laughs> yes. his uh, chip tune version, Peppy chip tune oh, like version it, yes. of Let It Go. Absolutely. Very good. And he's got a SoundCloud page, which we will link to, of course, from projectmoonbase.com, where you should go to find information about all the tracks we play and mm. links to where you can find them, usually on Amazon and iTunes. That's right, we're everywhere. He seems to specialise in chiptune covers. He's done covers of uh, Muse songs, amongst others, and he likes to seek out and repost other people's chiptune music, which is very good, very generous of him. Now we're going to move slightly away from the Disney film into a different kind of visual entertainment, that being the world of Batman. Of course, Neil Hefty, who soundtracked to the original TV series, and I think he must have done the 1965 film with Adam West. So this is from a double album you can get called Batman Theme and Other Bat Songs. It's Neil Hefty and his orchestra with a tune called Mr. Freeze. the sound of bells there at the end of uh, Neil Hefty and his orchestra and his chorus <laughs> with their track called Mr Freeze I think it was I think that makes it fit right in with that mm, Disney-esque definitely, theme definitely. oh Neil Hefty is good isn't he he is we forget we forget that was from Batman themes and other mm. Bat songs of course coming up we've got another great artist mm. it's not like dark moody atmosphere then this is similarly darkish I suppose but this is uh, library music dark <laughs> Hmm. Not too dark. This is by one of the great library music composers on the KPM label, Alan Parker. One of a few, and I would say sadly not enough, reissues that uh, Tommy Toucher put out of the original KPM 1000 series to celebrate the 50th anniversary of KPM. This one is uh, Afro Rock, which is basically half Alan Parker and half John Cameron. We are going to play a tune which apparently is medium tempo, repetitive, with a dramatic underscore, called Icebreaker. Thank you. 
Disney, am I right? <laughs> yes. If Disney were a little bit funkier, Alan Parker would have fit right in there. What a great piece of music. Itchy. Doesn't mm. it? Troublesome. Yes. Itchy. Somebody should actually re-soundtrack Frozen and other Disney tunes with exclusively KPM. Music. I think most most <laughs> TV and films would benefit <laughs> yeah, they from would. that. So that was Alan Parker, of course, yes. with Icebreaker from the album Afro Rock. And, mm. of course, if you want to buy any of the music on uh, the show, you can go to projectmoonbiz.com, where you will find all the tracks we play in links, where you can find them on Amazon and iTunes. And while you're on iTunes, just uh, click five stars, give us a little review. That would help the show if you enjoy it. Want other people to listen? Don't want us to give up? <laughs> I'm close. It's only the fact that I am handcuffed. <laughs> to my chair that is stopping me from running out of the window. That's right, dear. Listen, we are now resorting to emotional blackmail. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I should say, you can contact us at Project Moonbiz on Twitter if you're interested. That's the modern way, isn't it? It is the modern way, yes. We have many other platforms we should <laughs> tell you about throughout the show. We'll be returning, though, shortly with a, a cover version, sort of, of a, another tune from the uh, Disney film Frozen, but not before we've visited the lovely ice palace of Unnecessary News. metal band to play in a metal box until they run out of oxygen what why would anybody sign up for this as part of an art installation by a portuguese artist joa onofri i think the uk death metal band unfathomable ruination <laughs> will be playing in an airtight soundproof box until they can play no more <laughs> the, the description says this is the first time that Jonah Onofre's work, box sized die, featuring unfathomable ruination, 2007 to 2014, it oh, says. It's like he's actually planning to, <laughs> to knock them off during the course of this, yeah. has come to London having toured extensively through Europe at venues including Palais de Tokyo and MACBA. Influenced by Tony Smith's pioneering minimalist sculpture, Die, <laughs> 1962, the steel box serves as a mobile location for performance. In each location the sculpture travels to, Onfrey invites a local death metal band <laughs> to play. On this occasion, unfathomable ruination, the box is soundproofed, determining and restricting the performance's duration to the length of time in which the oxygen is expended. <laughs> mm, somebody needs to learn to write better English. Outside the cube, viewers observe its strange vibrations, oh. only viewing the band's entrance and mm, exit, Demise. possibly on stretches, <laughs> from the performance space because it's... It's soundproofed. You can't hear it. Cynics might say this is the best way to listen to death metal, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I would suggest it might be the best way to deal with death metal bands. But uh... well, this, he seems to be doing. It. He's going around Europe dealing with them in various locations. So if you are in London and you feel like watching some long-haired men enter and then exit the metal box, you're in luck. The band will be performing outside the Gherkin at 6 p.m. every Wednesday to Friday. From July the 3rd to August the 1st. Although you'll just have to take it on good faith that they are actually shredding inside the box or whatever it is they do because you won't be able to hear them. They're probably just catching up on some telly, aren't they? Oh, I've been meaning to watch Game of Thrones or something, whatever it is. On the band's official Facebook page, they say, according to the medical professions who read The Independent, we're all going to die. Challenge accepted. <laughs> well, we're all going to die anyway, aren't we? But yeah. you know, let's not hurry to that. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Do you, well, it doesn't say how they know that they've stopped playing because it's soundproof, so they can't yeah. hear them stop playing. How do they know they've stopped playing? How do they know they've run out of air? Oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a little bit alarming, really. I mean, as much as I'm, I'm not necessarily going to cry myself to sleep if unfathomable ruination <laughs> aren't able to do any more concerts, I think it'd be best to get them out before <laughs> they expire. Doesn't really cover that, or what happened to all the other people, no. or, or the other bands that he had involved. Is it just a just a stream of dead death metal bands right, across yeah. Europe? On a lighter note, Hitchbot is a hitchhiking robot, which is going to be travelling around Canada this summer. The summer will mark the first time people traversing the Great White North may cross paths with a robot asking for a ride. Hitchbot is a travelling robot at the centre of a collaborative art project conceived by David Smith and Frank Zeller, 
professors at McMaster and Ryerson University, respectively. Together with a team of academics, they are building Hitchbot out of found materials, including a beer cooler, which is a kind of bucket, a cake saver, and solar panels. And it looks like a sort of joke. It looks like a kind of robot that a child would build out of cardboard. You know, like a big catering tin with some toilet rolls staked. That's what it looks like. Once completed, the robot will be able to extend its arm to hitch a ride (laughs) and make small talk by answering questions with the aid of Wikipedia. (laughs) So it'll just be just be providing a lot of misinformation and lies. The point of the exercise is to evaluate if robots can trust humans, as Ella said. (laughs) Really? Okay. We expect Hitchbot to be charming and trustworthy enough in its conversation to secure rides through Canada, he said. Well, it better be charming because it can't actually move on its own. The only thing it can do is... Stick its arm out. Stick its arm out and do small talk (laughs) with the aid of Wikipedia, so it better be pretty charming. The robot will try to get its first ride from Nova Scotia College of Art and Design on July 27th with the goal of reaching Open Space, an artist centre in Victoria, British Columbia. Anyone can pick up Hitchbot and charge its battery by plugging it into a cigarette lighter. You should probably make some small talk first, though, you know. (laughs) Some rush things and maybe give him a drink or something. (laughs) Helpful drivers should be aware that they may well become part of Hitchbot's story as they pick it up. The journey will be chronicled on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Do you think they're going to equip it with a little blade? Or maybe some pepper spray in case anybody tries to get a little bit frisky? (laughs) Finally, no fairy tale. A magical atmosphere, buckets of glitter and fairy dust set the stage for a world record attempt. What kind of record attempt might include buckets of glitter, you might ask? Well, sadly, there was no fairy tale ending for the organisers last weekend as part of the annual Mount Edgecombe-based Three Wishes Fairy Fest. Mm. The organisers hosted an official world record attempt for the largest gathering of fairies in one place. Participants, young and old, old fairies, (laughs) listeners, flocked to the scenic setting wearing tutus and wigs and clutching wands. Almost 750 people registered, but sadly the figure fell short of the existing record of 871. We smashed our own record of 277, which we set two years ago, but sadly we missed out on the world record, said organiser Karen Kay. It was so much fun, we'll try again next year. Terrible, isn't it? Cutbacks. There just aren't enough super twee girly girls these days. Women are today, they're off, having fist fights and smashing those glass ceilings. They have no time. No time for glitter. No, no. What uh, what's going on? <laughs> Who knows? You have been used. More people. Thank you, Mrs. Gannon. Thank you, sir. For a very sparkly selection of news stories, there'll be more later on in the show. No one can see him on the floor Get him out the door Before he can decay I thought you were my buddy You won't get caught Just help me and don't ask why Will you help me hide a body? It doesn't have to be in one piece Go away, Anna. Oh dear, Help me hide a body This one's been knocked out since last fall I think his company is overdue It's about time we threw his body down the well Stay down there, Joan It gets a little lonely Digging up all these graves Out in the night by myself Ugh, We're already running out of space in these caves Elsa, 
please. I know you're in there. You've been hiding all these years. They say don't cry, and I have tried to hide bodies without you. Now I'm out of tears. I've killed mother and father. Now it's just you and me. What are you gonna do? Won't you help me hide their bodies? Elsa. Yeah, we wouldn't tell you, yeah, speaking the truth, and we said there weren't going to be any uh, terrifying children singing songs. That was a sort of childlike voice, anyway. That was uh, not, as you may have gathered, the original uh, version of Do You Want to Build a Snowman from the film Frozen. That was voice artist and uh, singer called Mary Medley, although I don't think she's uh, formally released anything. She has her own YouTube channel where she's posted quite a few uh, versions, unusually for parodies, uh, quite well sung. Yes. Not, not toe-curlingly, awfully off-tune parodies, which don't really work. But So that was a rather entertaining cover called Will You Help Me Hide a Body? <laughs> quite sinister. <laughs> quite sinister, yes. Done quite well. I done think done. she could find herself um, work with Disney. Absolutely, yeah. If they Definitely. didn't just strike her <laughs> name from the book of life as a result of this. <laughs> when I was looking into all it's of this... It's over, darling! <laughs> it's You're over. dead to Disney! <laughs> dead! <laughs> Disney are obviously normally quite, I think it's fair to say, without risking litigation, that they are quite litigious. <laughs> um, Sorry, Disney are yeah. a splendid organisation <laughs> with but, um, no faults whatsoever. No, I haven't seen Frozen. I would hope that no right-thinking person has. But apparently it's become the most popular animation film ever made, which is uh, extraordinary. Could be. But uh, largely because of that and because of all the tribute versions, normally I think Disney do clamp down on this on YouTube, but they've actually been relatively okay about these thousands of tributes that have been posted on YouTube, which yeah, is quite nice. Actually. I've never really understood people clamping down on fan no. things. I remember George Lucas, oh, yes. you know, for the longest time, used to sort of hound people who did Star Wars parodies and Star Wars films and all that kind of stuff. And then at a certain point, he realised, oh, those are all my fans. <laughs> I probably shouldn't be sort of running after them. No. And then he suddenly realised, I'll let them be. Those people like what I do. Yeah. So maybe they've come to their senses. <laughs> because certainly the internet is full of people doing cover versions of Frozen songs. Oh, yes. In fact, I think now a significant percentage of the internet is yeah. people doing up there. covers of Frozen songs. It's pretty much it's pretty much Amazon, Facebook <laughs> and covers of Frozen songs by teenage girls. That's right, yeah. We're going to proceed uh, from the sweet to the sour, in a way, from an auditory point of view, anyway. Mm. From the smooth, a change to, of pace, smooth anyway. to the rough. This is not a judgment call; just a, a fact, just, <laughs> just, just a, a cold fact. hard fact. This yeah. is good. It is, yes. But uh, prepare yourself.
And that was Alan Cleary there with Let It Go on three floppy drives. Somewhat challenging, Mm. but uh, it does the job. It does. Quite clever. Well done. He's uh, got a YouTube channel, which is uh, just, in fact, called Alan Cleary. And rather extraordinarily, and uh, I can't believe this, but that particular version of uh, Let It Go has only had 363 views, given that some have had millions of views. It's only been up there since 5th of April, but anyway, good stuff. Now, if you enjoyed that and you think, I need to hear more music on (laughs) floppy disk drives and maybe printers or something, well, then you should go and look at PMB 177 Happy Machines, Mm. where we do uh, some of that and some more easygoing music. It's It's not all... It was going to be, but then we were like, oh, I don't know if people are going to be able to take this. <laughs> Quite abrasive in places, but very, very educational and informative. Exactly. And you should uh, go to projectmoonbase.com if you want to find all the previous episodes. There are many and many of them to go through. All of them. Amazing mm. and splendid. And the other place you can find all of the episodes is a Mixcloud, where we've just actually had our 200th follower hello we just breached the 200 mark our 200th follower welcome alpha bill welcome follower 201 mr green cheese good welcome did you sir yes indeed so you can find all of these shows there as well if you uh for any reason not able to get access to our website and go to mixcloud and of course we are also on itunes Mm. just search for us there and download us to your um ipod that's right. And now this next track is a track that MC Grand Pabby the Troll King located mm. for for this week's show. That's me. It is, yes. It's a rather delightful bit of uh, easy Russian music. Chunky, <laughs> chunky Russian music. John Blackensell Orchestra, in fact. Mm. This particular track comes from a sort of mashup of many, many tracks. It goes on for about 20 minutes. <laughs> but obviously <laughs> we don't have time for that. I'm sure it's all great. We're going to have the first section of it, which is pretty amusing, I think. Mm. There's a little bit of jungle beat going on. There's a little bit of uh, a little bit of vulgar boatman swimming around <laughs> in it. And uh, the the frozen connection is that it, he goes between vulgar boatman song, I think it is, and yeah. chorus, and uh, smooth frozen vulgar, mm. double vulgar, double vulgar. Some of it's smooth, some of it's uh, <laughs> got some boatman on it. I don't know. We don't know a lot about it apart from that, do we? I think it speaks for itself, though.
Thigh-slapping stuff there. That was a wonderful John Blackinsell, who I have to say I've not come across before. Another artist we need to look into, I think. He's always got something going there. He's full of life, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He's not holding back. No. Never thought I would enjoy some traditional Russian music quite as much. Well, I don't think it is traditional. The Volga Boatman song is just a chorus, and that's he's true. gone, that's not enough. That's right. I need to get some weird jungle drumming and some brass and really James last it up that's a little exactly, bit yes. with a bit more Russian style thrown mm, in there. That's great. Need, I think so. Need more. And you can get that on an album called Midnight in Moscow. The easiest way to get hold of that is just to go to the website, projectmoonbase.com. And this is PMB 184. And now we should be returning with more icy tunes for you very shortly. But first of all, it's time for us to dig into the permafrost of unnecessary news. Gentleman buys hundreds of cinema tickets to the new Transformers film to show an ex-girlfriend how rich he has become. <laughs> that's basically the whole story but if you want to dig deeper I know I do a Beijing man purchased hundreds of IMAX tickets ooh pricey yes. to the latest Transformers film last week and posted photos of the receipts online he then gave away tickets free to anybody who shared the post on social media all to prove to his ex-girlfriend that he is no longer poor <laughs> The former girlfriend in question had dumped our man, Wang, seven years ago. He's holding on to that, isn't he? He certainly Come is. Come on. He wrote on his blog that uh, she ditched him when he couldn't afford to take her to the cinema and left town for Beijing. Clearly stung by this breakup, Wang spent the past seven years working hard to make his Shanghai-based business a success until he was able to afford not just one, but hundreds of cinema tickets. Uh, and he is now bankrupt. <laughs> Worth 250,000 yuan, which works out about £23,000. <laughs> he claimed that the amount is only half his present monthly income, so he's, he's all right. He booked all the seats in four of the six IMAX theatres. Oh, only four. <laughs> In Beijing, for last Friday's screening of Transformers Age of Extinction, Nobody Cares. <laughs> Is anybody watching Transformers <laughs> films? I gave up ten minutes into the first one. <laughs> to show his ex-lover what she was missing out on? Transformers. <laughs> and dinosaurs, apparently. Oh. Mm. Wang posted copies of the receipts online. I only want to say that you might have been wrong when you made that decision, <laughs> he wrote on his blog. He also wrote that he would give away the tickets to anybody who would share the post so the news could reach his ex-girlfriend. Her current whereabouts are still unknown. <laughs> the post instantly went viral. It was shared 110,000 times and attracted 35,000 comments. Over 1,500 bloggers were awarded free tickets for helping Wang spread his message. Of course, not everyone was happy. Well, that's the internet for you, isn't it? <laughs> He's basically giving away free tickets. And people are like, oh, God. Thanks to you, I can't possibly get an IMAX ticket for tomorrow's movie. You could. Just retweet his thing. He'll give you one for nothing. Anyway, there were no comments from the ex-girlfriend, though. Um, so we don't know if she got the message or not. But the real question is, why Transformers? I, I mean, honestly, come on. It doesn't exactly say romance, Not really, no, no. I do sometimes wish I could afford to buy all the tickets for a cinema screening. I mean, it may seem a bit antisocial, but... Um, That'd be quite nice to, you know, enjoy not having to listen to someone else chewing some boiled sweets or, or rustling into a tub of massive tub of popcorn behind you. Yeah, or just talking. Or just commenting. <laughs> or just oh, look talk. at this! Look at that on the screen! Is that a giant robot? Where, where, where is that audience member from exactly? I don't know. <laughs> it's a composite. It's just a racist composite. <laughs> Leading scientist ejected by audience after trying to crowd surf... <laughs> It's a classical music concert. Hmm. Thought-provoking. Hmm. A scientist is thrown out of an accessible and informal classical concert by fellow audience members after attempting to crowd-surf during a performance of Handel's Messiah. <laughs> after he took the director's invitation to clap and whoop a step too far by attempting to crowd-surf. Tom Morris, artistic director of the Bristol Old Vic, encouraged the audience to respond with enthusiasm to the music but accepted that Dr. David Glowacki had got a little bit overexcited. Before the performance, Mr. Morris invited the audience to bring their drinks. 
into the standing area in front of the stage and instructed them to clap and whoop when they like and no shushing other people. I'm sorry, no shushing at a classical music concert. That's the only reason to attend, isn't it? It is, yeah. What kind of monster is this Morris guy? Dr. Glawacki, a Royal Society Research Fellow, was so <laughs> overcome during the Hallelujah Chorus, he began lurching from side to side with his hands raised and whooping before attempting to crowd surf. Witnesses claimed, irritated by the distraction, audience members proceeded to physically eject the Bristol University academic from the area in which Mr. Morris claims is the first such incident at a classical concert since the 18th century. They used to crowd surf in the 18th century, didn't they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's when it started. Some ticket holders are now urging Mr. Morris to set clearer guidelines for acceptable <laughs> behaviour, but the director is unwilling to reimpose the strict rules of etiquette, which he has sought to cast off. Mm. However, he has agreed crowd surfing during classical concerts will not be tolerated. <laughs> Come on, right onto the violins. Crowd surfing the string section. To the elbows, to the elbows. No. You can't crowd surf on tubers because it's too yeah. big. It are a bit, yeah. You could, you, tie, might, you could tie a nice, you could sort of skate across the top of a grand piano quite nicely. Oh, you? yeah, you could slide on that <laughs> very nicely. He got very overexcited, <laughs> Morris told The Independent. He added, David was investigating what the nature of the rules are using the skills that make him an extraordinary scientist. <laughs> <coughs> Dr. Glawicki defended his actions and accused both Morris and his fellow audience members of hypocrisy in only approving of the right sort of free behaviour. Classical music, trying to seem cool and less stuffy, reeks of some sort of fossilised art form undergoing a midlife crisis, said the expert in non-equilibrium molecular reaction dynamics, who is a visiting scientist at Stanford University. Witness what happened to me when I started cheering with a 30-strong chorus shouting, Praise God, two metres from my face. I get physically assaulted, knocked down to the floor and forcibly dragged out by two classical vigilantes. Neither the bourgeois audience nor the curators, e.g. Tom Morris, really believe what they say. He denied being drunk, adding, This may be a consequence of me being American, but I can quite easily be provocative without the need to be inebriated. Well, that's a lesson for us all, isn't it? There should be more classical vigilantes out there, shouldn't we? Yeah. Blue-haired classical vigilantes roaming the streets, sucking on humbugs and shushing those. Who dare speak up during concerts? Finally, goldfish brain slur is a myth. Apparently, scientists discovered they do have a long-term memory. Goldfish brain may only be a myth according to new research. The famously minuscule memory span of fish is in doubt after scientists discovered that at least one species is able to remember when it was given food at least for 12 days. Which is not bad. It's longer than I can remember anything. But then my brain is frequently wiped by <laughs> DJ Bongo Boy. The research on African chichlids, it's a sort of fish, was inspired by anecdotal reports of their intelligence from aquarium owners. Mm-hmm. Well, we should take those with a pinch of salt. <laughs> Some people believe that their chitchlids watch television with them. And s- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they make kind of sarcastic comments about what people are wearing. Oh, you know, like they're watching a Strictly Come Dancing. Oh, look at that outfit. Have they, have they got a tiny little waterproof remote control in there? Mm, maybe. <laughs> For the research, chitchlids were trained to enter a particular zone of an aquarium to receive a food reward. After a 12-day rest period, they were reintroduced to the aquarium and their movements were tracked. The fish showed a distinct preference for the area previously associated with the food reward, suggesting they remembered being fed there. Hmm. Fish that remember where food is located have an evolutionary advantage over those who do not, said Dr. Hamilton, who presented the findings at the Society for Experimental Biology annual meeting in Manchester. I wonder if there's any crowd surfing there. (laughs) The scientists are now investigating whether the strength of fish memories are affected by environmental conditions or drugs. (laughs) Just so long as they don't send the fish to inaccessible or informal classical concerts. (laughs) God knows what would happen there. Imagine taking the fish in a bowl to the concert, crowd surfing With the while holding yeah, a goldfish right, bowl. Yeah. Just a thought. Let's do it. We should get onto that uh, <laughs> that guy. You have been used. Gearing. Thank you, Mr. Gannium. Thank you, sir. For an extremely memorable selection of new stories, there'll be more on next week's show.
terrifying sounds of children. We really were lying to you earlier on. We do enjoy a slightly out of tune high school band here on the show, and that was the Dondero High School from uh, Royal Oak, uh, Michigan. We have actually featured them on the show before under their sensational music director Rick Hartso from the mid-90s until the mid-2000s. They did an annual pop concert and recorded the result on vinyl. Classy. Which is pretty good. Collectible. Uh, highly collectible, but um, thankfully the net label Comfort Stand has made these all available as free downloads. So if you want to have 10 albums worth of... Children's children. <laughs> Making a, a good yeah. effort at, at doing yes. various pop songs. That was, of course, Cold as Ice. Originally, of course, performed by Foreigner. You're listening to Project Moon Base, a weekly podcast with this particular edition entitled Frozen Solid 184. There are over 180, just over 180 previous episodes, which you can listen to on projectmoonbase.com or through iTunes. Or Mixcloud. Or Mixcloud. If you enjoy listening to it, then, you know, give us some stars on iTunes. Mm. That would be great. You know, it helps. Tell somebody. Tell another person. Mm. Then we can bump up our listeners. And maybe send us some little gold stars through the post as well. Yeah. Draw a gold star. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please do. Have our URL tattooed on your forehead. <laughs> Still a classic. Mm. And a classy move. Or the tramp stamp. That would be a good area for projectmoonbase.com. <laughs> Ladies. Maybe a henna tattoo or something. Well, let's not. It's got to be permanent, has it? Yeah. <laughs> now we're going to return to an album we actually were visiting relatively recently. This is uh, G-Spots, the compilation of John Gale's Studio G. And we're going to play another track by the gentleman we heard from last time, which is that uh, guitarist Douglas Wood, who you, you, I think you were saying, teasing our listeners with last time about if they'd listened to Crown Green Bowling and such like, they would have heard... Or darts. Or d- and we know, <laughs> darts. don't lie, we know you do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he was there. I'd love to think that he was recording Actually, his albums... Uh, live. Live, <laughs> while people were playing bowls. Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> This is quite a good show, actually. We'd recommend, if maybe if the bowls is on, just turn the volume down and put Project Moonbase on. You. Exactly. It's a good compliment. Any sporting event. So uh, this is Douglas Wood from the compilation G-Spots put together by Johnny Trunk and a tune called Icicles. <laughs>
That selection started with Douglas Wood, his track Icicles there from the album G-Spot. And we finished with Death by Chocolate from the album Death by Chocolate. And the track was Ice Cold Lemonade. And that starred show friend and creator (laughs) of the Project Moonbase theme tune, Period 2, the second age of Project Moonbase. (laughs) The second epoch, yeah. Jeremy Butler, as he was called back then. And he's mutated now into jazz. He's Mm. he's relaxed a little bit. Yes, yeah. Also, Angie Tillett mm-hmm. doing the vocals the vocals, there. Yeah. It was a nice little tune. And a wasn't song it? written by the two of them. Jez Butler actually has been taking his um, music for concrete out on the road, performing as a band called the 12 Hour Foundation. And they are actually going to be playing a few dates. I think they're coming to Scotland actually quite soon to support a film that's being shown in various uh, cinema screenings. As soon as we get some more information about those dates and places, we shall uh, certainly let you know. And hopefully, we might actually get to shake the man and turn him by the hand. Oh. <laughs> That'll fry him off. Look deep into his eyes. <laughs> Jeremy. We're going to leave you, dear listener, by playing a very uh, mellow little number to hopefully waft you off into hopefully a, a not too deep a frozen slumber. This is actually um, a Japanese gentleman uh, recording on a Mancunian record label. He's a curious backstory. I think he's a Japanese primary school, nursery school teacher, but also very interested in European folk culture and French medieval music. Back in 2010, 2011, he came to the UK because he wanted, I think he wanted to investigate sort of English medieval history and uh, folk stories and stuff. It led to this recording of his uh, debut album called Mirage. We're going to play this beautiful little tune from it called Frozen Castle. I have been DJ Princess Arundel. I hope you felt able to let it go on this week's edition of the show, dear listener. I have been MC Grand Pabby, the Troll King, and I hope you enjoyed skating through the show. <laughs> Until next week, dear listener, wrap, wrap up. up.
project with base. Now that's what I don't call the 1980s too. It's me! I'm touching your face! 